Drive gets inside, leans in, knocked away, it's stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup, oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top, bang, bang. the Tiger. Just call me Is Zion gonna want out soon? Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Joshua Unings, and I told you guys if I needed to, I was going to make an emergency podcast. I told you guys that this Friday, I was going to do mock trades for Donovan Mitchell. I told you guys all of that on Tuesday's episode. But I did not have to do the emergency one because I was going to cover it all in today's podcast episode. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's the stuff going on with Donovan Mitchell, who got traded to the Cavaliers. So... I know there's stuff that came out about Cam Reddish. He squashed that. He squashed that publicly on social media. I know there's stuff going on with Jay Crowder right now in the Phoenix Suns. I'm not going to cover that right now. I'm actually just going to focus on Donovan Mitchell because I want to dive deep into the Donovan Mitchell trade to the Cavaliers and what that means for Cleveland and everyone else around the league for the upcoming season. Because let's be honest, I find that more important. I truly do. Because a lot's going to be taking place. A lot's going to be shaping up. So, let me bust through social media real quick. Let's just jump into this very heavy, heavy topic. Because we're going to be breaking down what happened to the Knicks, why it all fell apart, I want you guys to consider something about Leon Rose. I don't agree with everything that he does, but this is something I agree with. I'm going to talk about the trade, the details around that, the Cavaliers roster, what their star five is looking like. And then I'm going to ask a question, and I'm going to answer a question that's going to be pretty convincing for the upcoming season, where they stand, where they rank. So let's jump right into this. Real quick, y'all, you know where to find us. You know where to find Corsair Heat. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, because pretty much I syndicate what happens on Instagram over to Tumblr. Pretty much easiest thing for me. We're also uh, kicking live on uh, Rumble now, YouTube. So join us there. Just search up Courtside Heat. Be at twittercom Heat, instagramcom NBA. Facebook.com slash Courtside Heat and Tumblr.com slash Courtside Heat. You can look us up on the app or online. Do that. Also, go on to um, social media. Go on to Twitter right now and sign up for the Hot Take newsletter because, ironically, when we released that on Wednesday, we talked about uh, the controversy that Donovan Mitchell uh, stirred up. And we actually told you guys that he was forcing his way out, that he was publicly announcing. And what happens two days later, or whenever that came out, we were, it happened, the trade happened. And the most recent trade was the THT trade. 
which was eh, it was meaningless in the perspective of comparing these two trades for all the speculation. The biggest thing coming out of that was Russell Westbrook and Pat Bev's uh, beef, the little rivalry, but it seems like that got squashed anyways. So this is a significant trade. So that's what we got on social media. You know where to find us, Rumble, YouTube, um, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter. Uh, again, you guys are, if you're already here listening to the podcast, this is meaningless, but I'm going to say anyways, you can find us on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, I believe, or is it just called Amazon? I think it's Amazon Music. One of the two. Y'all can find it. Uh, tune in. Google Podcast, iTunes. We're pretty much already there and everywhere else. Just look it up. We're pretty easy to find. So nothing too complicated in there. And with that being said, let's jump right into this. Let's jump right into the topic of the day. What this whole podcast is predicated on is centered around. That's Donovan Mitchell and the fact that he got traded to the Cavaliers. And we're going to determine, we're going to find out what that means for Cleveland and everyone else around the league for the upcoming season and beyond because he signed, Donovan Mitchell signed a deal back in 2020 during that offseason and he has four years remaining on the maximum extension. So if he stays, that's going to be deadly. But even for next season, it's going to be really, really interesting. But we're going to break that down later. First, let's back it up. Before we jump into that, let's break down what happened with the Knicks and Jazz trade rumors. Because there was a lot of concrete information circling around. There was a lot of real potential. This wasn't like all the Kevin Durant stuff. This isn't like the speculation we're having now with John Collins, Jay Crowder, all those guys, or Russell Westbrook. Those are prime examples, but no, no, no. We had concrete information. Like, this was legit, uh, no fooling around type information. So, while there was, like, we were blurring the lines of what was real and what could be potentially fake or just not coming to fruition. And it's not like the Knicks didn't try. New York tried. Leon Rose tried. That front office tried to get, um... Donovan Mitchell. Problem is, the Jazz did not want to do that. The Jazz did not want to go for any of their offers. Because here's the funny part. At the start of trade talks in July, New York offered Utah a Donovan Mitchell package, including RJ Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, free on protected first rounders. The Jazz turned down that offer. The thing, the only fundamental thing is changing or that was added, rather, was the two draft uh, swaps, like two swap picks. So, I can get where they don't want to have Mitchell Robinson there, right? It would come in a deal of a sign-and-trade. Um, look, that could be underwhelming for some, especially when you're trying to rebuild with younger guys. Now, let me say this, make no mistake, Jazz always wanted... Um, R.J. Barrett, 
they've always wanted RJ Barrett, that they were centering their trade talks around him. So when they pulled out officially, they were going to commit to him. That pretty much killed trade talks right then and there. Because the Knicks' final trade offer for Donovan Mitchell was Barrett quickly and Emmanuel quickly and two unprotected first. Pretty much after that was declined by Utah, talk report ended this past Friday, so a week ago. And the funny part was that the Knicks were unwilling to include uh, Grimes, Quentin Grimes, into a trade that also included RJ Barrett to acquire Mitchell. The Knicks proposed a trade including a man quickly as a replacement for Grimes, but Utah won their wanted free unprotected first rounders, but you but New York would only do a third first round pick that include top five protections. So there was a lot of differences, there was a lot of um disagreements, if you will. And the thing is that the funny part is there was actually several teams. There were some teams in there that value Grimes over Barrett, if I read that correctly. So there was there was actually I, I don't know, like there was a difference. How there was just different levels of how teams valued a player. So for not Grimes being in there, it was like oh, okay, why are we doing this? Because how the Jazz one set up is, okay, wait a minute, we got Grimes, we have Toppin maybe, we have definitely R.J. Barrett, because that was the sole purpose of that. So not only are they getting draft capital, not only are they setting up their future, but they're also in the present day with R.J. Barrett, with Quickly, with Grimes, with Toppin, whoever was going to be included in there. But now, Leon Rose, the Knicks were like, whoa. We're not going to break down our entire team. We're not going to kill our depth chart. We're not going to kill this roster just for one player. And maybe a draft pick if we were graced with one. So they were going to try to stop it because it's like, what more do we have to give up? These are just outlandish uh, trade demands. Or just like, okay, we made one good, but now you want more. Because it's funny, their first trade offer was RJ, OB, and Mitchell, and free unprotected first round picks. Their last one was Barrett, Clickley, and two unprotected first. Neither did we see Grimes in there because they never wanted to put Grimes in there. They never wanted to put that player there because they never wanted to give up him and RJ. And I just want to point out, after. They declined the Mitchell Robson trade, him being included in that package. He was immediately signed a $60 million extension to stay with New York. And the similar theme happened, they kept RJ in New York for the considerable future for the next four years. Uh, because that turned out to be a four-year, $107 million extension that Fru and Sims can bump up to $120 million, If anyone has forgotten the contract details of that. But I find it very interesting that while they wanted Donovan Mitchell, while they're ready to go all in, they still had a sense of, we want him, we have an urgency for him, but it's got to be logical, it's got to make sense, we got to be smarter than what other teams are going to go all in for. And 
The funny part is that the Cavs pulled out, but they pulled up the race of the Donovan Mitchell scenario. So, they were still trying to revolve around Colin Sexton to Utah through a sign-and-trade. So, I find that very interesting. I find that very interesting. So, they pulled back in. So, they pretty much, they pretty much got called up. Cavs front office got called up because they're like, wait a minute. And this happened about two days after. Reporter happened two days after the next pulled out because of the trade demands and getting nowhere with the Utah Jazz. So Jazz is like, look, let's pick this back up. Let's modify this. We'll do the free unprotected picks. First rounders, we'll do the pick swaps. We'll do the players. It'll all be good. And I'm just going to get into this now. I'm going to get into the trade plus the details. The Cowboys circle back around. We're able to meet the requirements, and they gave up three players, three unprotected first rounders, and two pick swaps. Those three players were Colin Sexton, Larry Markkinen, and uh, oh my, I'm about to botch this. Watch this, y'all. Achi Ababagi, Ababadi, Babata, Wahoopi. I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, it's, I don't know. He's a 22-year-old came out of the 2022 NBA draft. So, they gave up a, a potential good player and two solid players. One got paid. The other one, Lori Markkinen, is already on a contract, right? But, in the grand scheme of things, nothing was going to really be affected, right? And in, in the sense that, you have Colin Sexton, who's going to get paid money. And you have Larry Markin and Tagalon, who's a good player. And you have a 2022. The main the main guy here was, the main shiny, dangling carrot was Colin Sexton. Everyone else was just meeting requirements and filling in and building up depth. Because you know the reason why they got Larry Markin is because they're trying to get rid of their... Well, this is just my rumor, but... Um, they're trying to get rid of their veterans because he's a power forward, small forward. And if you look up the Jazz roster, I believe Bojan Donovic is a forward. Uh, yeah, he's a power forward. So now you're replacing a 33-year-old with a 25-year-old. But there is a nine-year difference, right? Is he, did I say 34? 33, I'm sorry. An eight-year difference. But that's significant. And this guy's been in the league since 2017. A former lottery pick who's been beneficial for, in some areas, he's been up and down, but he's still provided points. Who averaged 15 points per season for Cleveland. So translate that to a uh, rebuilding Jazz team who's going to use him. Um, to his max. That that's a no brainer. You would do that. Now you have Colin Sexton. Now you have Warren Marketing, and you have the 2022 prospect. So then the unprotected picks were in 2025, 2027, 2029. The reason why they did that, and you see that year gap, was because that year difference because you can't have back to back first rounders going. It's against NBA rules. 
So when you're trading with a team, you can't ask for 2025, 2026, and 2027 uh, first rounds. And you can't pick 2025, 2026. It can't be consecutive years. It can't be back-to-back -back years of first rounders. Because I think it's something like if you only have one first rounder in this year, 2025, and one first rounder in 2026, you can't give both those away because that just goes against the rules. And I hope that makes sense because I've experimented a lot with trades before and I've read that quite frequently. I've researched this stuff. That's why in the pick swaps, they had the 2026 2028. So in those gap years, in those difference of years, they just swapped picks. They were just giving the Jazz, Utah, the better position within those picks. I don't know which ones they were swapping around, but you get where I'm coming from. You get what I'm saying. So it's very important to understand. And I believe they have double-digit picks. Like, they're pulling an OKC... Um, an OKC-type move where you're getting tons of picks, tons of draft capital, but now also, and they're building upon that, um, they're also getting players that can win now. Now that comes at a hefty price because they paid Colin Sexton four years, $72 million with the Jazz via sign trade. Colin Sexton agreed to that. Who Now, who wouldn't for that type of money? He's getting paid $18 million per year. Understand the significance behind that. $18 million per year. You're there for four years. And real quick. Real quick. I, I want to address this. I don't know who said this. Um, no disrespect towards the person who said this. Because it's an interesting theory. I forgot to catch the person's name. Nor did I care. But someone had a theory of. Okay. Did Jazz know that within three years. Or at the third year mark. Whenever it's contract ends, he's most likely going to end back up in Utah because it's Cleveland. And he's just going to get frustrated there and all that stuff. And there's going to be different factors in there. So he's just going to wind back up to Utah. So they're really going to score. So when they score initially, they were able to, these guys predicting the future, have him back in four years. Um, look, I'm, I'm just going to say that's flat out wrong. It's a cute theory, not a realistic theory, but it's a cute theory. It, it's not going to happen. Um, look, he'll only be 29. He'll be like 30 years old when that time comes. All I'm saying is this. He's not going to sacrifice four years or that whenever that contract ends, right? Just to say, okay, um, I'm going to wind back up with Jazz. I'm just going to go back with Jazz. Where, the, where my original team drafted me, right? It, it's a it's a fun theory to play with, but so the guys are like, we win now, Utah wins now, and they win four years from now by getting back Donovan Mitchell. Fun theory, not a realistic theory. Could it happen? Yeah, there's, there's things that can always happen. There's always these possibilities, these what-ifs. This is a bad what-if. So if you come across this guy or different fears like that, it just won't work because no one can say the, that the Cavaliers are not going to make the postseason for the next four years. That would be ludicrous to say. That would be flat out wrong to say because they're getting better. And I'm going to talk about the roster in a bit, but they're upgrading. 
They're under uh, Bickerstaff. They're under these guys. They're out. Of, they're coming out of the rebuild mode. They're done with the rebuild mode because now they have incredible talent like Mitchell, Garland, Mobley, Okoro, uh, Allen, um, all these different guys at like the bench. Ricky Rubio, uh, Carlos Avert, the former Nat. Yeah, so when you break down the significance of that, you understand that that theory, it doesn't hold up well. I would respect that somebody is creating a fear like that. It's entertaining. It's fun, especially in an imaginary world, but to me, it's just not really that realistic. Now, if I'm wrong in four years, three years, or if he requests a trade next season, and he goes back to the Jazz, I will replay to this, and I'll admit that I'm wrong. But rarely am I wrong about these types of things. But it's a fun theory. I enjoyed the theory. It made me think about it. It made me try to say, oh, okay, is this plausible? Can this actually happen? It can't. It won't. Sorry the burst bubbles here. Just being honest. I truly am. So, the trade is actually pretty straightforward. Because, and I'm just going to say this, because I'm going to branch off now to the Jazz, and I'm sorry if I'm taking you guys in different places, different settings, perspectives, but I'm just going to do some spitballing this. I have my show notes with me. I have what I'm going to say, and how I'm going to say, or bullet points, rather. And as I'm working through this, I just want to say this. The Jazz are not done. I'm going to talk about the Phoenix Suns. Pardon me. I know it wasn't, but I am. Jay Crowder. Dude's very interesting. Love Jay Crowder. But the problem is now, he wants out. He goes all cryptic in the beginning of August, or somewhere around there. Of saying that change is inevitable. Something's going to happen. You got to grow with, like, growth is optional. Something like that. It's all in, ca it's in all caps. He deleted his Instagram account after, here I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up, I'm going to pull it up, but it was this whole thing, and I couldn't believe this. Um, this happened yesterday, and he, it is on Instagram, Bossman99, this is verified by him, has a blue check mark, uh, he says, quote, and this is in all caps, they didn't believe in me, dot, dot. Um, exclamation point, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, God did. And then he has some, like, eye emoji. But then, some random dude who got four likes on this comment, at Miami Heat, believe the man, pay the man, we want him back. But that comment was pinned. And then his Instagram account, I'm going to check his Instagram account real quick, but then it got deleted. He wiped it off. I find this all very interesting. And he only has a season left. He only has a season left on his contract. So theoretically, he can either play it out and go into the off market, to the free agency market next offseason, or he could demand a trade. But I don't think Jay Crowder's going to be tied to the Jazz because why would the Jazz give up a veteran to get back a veteran? Want to make sense, especially in the rebuild mode. But for the Heat, 
He has some successful runs with the Heat. He had a successful run with the Heat. Uh, during the NBA bubble, he made it to the NBA Finals alongside Jimmy Butler and all that talent they had. But there is some truth in that because if you're Jay Crowder, you do realize that your productivity is going to go down even more or at that same rate because you're going to give that those chances, those more opportunities to Cameron Johnson, to other guys. The guy's only 32. He's had good runs with the Phoenix Suns. He played a year for Miami. Look, it's getting older. I get it. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. Jay Crowder is the gritty, gutty guy. He's the one who gets you rebounds, that box of mana, do the fundamentals, will go in the paint, be physical of a guy that is, that is physically more challenging, that has more body weight, that is um, taller, right, who has height and weight on him. But he doesn't care. He's a really gutty guy. He'll get the rebounds. He'll do the smart stuff. He has a championship knowledge. He's made, he has a playoff pedigree. He has a championship pedigree. And we're winning a championship, but he's been there uh, multiple times with the Suns, with the Heat. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if he did it any, anymore. Because Jay Carter does not have a ring. Does not. I'm checking. He's not won a ring. Yeah, he, he didn't play with anyone that really would have been to the finals besides Miami Heat in 2019 and with the Phoenix Suns in 2020. But look, the Suns are going to be involved. But now, where I'm getting this at, they have this going on with Jay Crowder. Can be traded to the Heat. We could be linking ties up with John Collins. I have not made any mock trades yet, but it would point towards John Collins because instead of going after Eric Gordon, we go after John Collins because we're not a very good rebounding team. That was very evident in the Pelican series. That was very evident in the past two seasons we had uh, Jay Crowder just thrown up as references. No knocks against him. I love the guy. But we're, as a whole, we're not a very good rebound team. Phoenix lacks in that. So you go get John Collins, who has the physicality, who has the height, who can do that stuff. He's not afraid to do that. He will do that. I'm, I like John Collins. He's been up and down, but he's 24 years old. So there's an age difference. He's averaging 16 points per game and 8 rebounds and 2 assists. Who does not want that? You go get the 24 year old. You go get that forward. I would love that. I would love to have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre, and John Collins, and Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges running that team and everyone else. I also want to be surprised if they trade away Landry Shaman. Just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. You go, you go get the power forward. You go try to strengthen the four. You go try to. Just to do that. And I also believe that Jordan Clarkson could be making an appearance 
in these rumors. Bojan Donovic could be making headlines. Uh, would the Suns be interested in that? There are rumors. The, the Suns have reached out to the Jazz about Bojan Donovic. Donovic could be a Phoenix Sun. Do I believe Jordan Clarkson would be the better fit? Maybe. But all we can really do is shoot. Right? 42% from the field, 16 points. He played 79 games, so he is healthy. But he rebounds and assists, he lacks, and he's more of a shooter. But I really do like Bojan, Dog Bojan Dogbanovic. I do. I like Bogdanovic. He's 33, though. But. But. Why would that be important? The Suns reached out to him. Because there is interest there. There is interest. Why not do it? He's entering a contract year after scoring 18.1 points per game in 69 starts last season. Look. You want to have physicality? You want to be a win-now mentality? You go after one of those veterans who's been situations like that, that's been seeing a lot of things, who's been on multiple teams, that has been pretty consistent, who can score for you, who gets some rebounds. Because he, yes, he's 33, but still very good. But he's 6'7", so you're adding height on there. You're adding the capabilities getting more, you're adding the capabilities of having a better shot of getting rebounds. You can control the paint. He could be a JaVale McGee in a way. I still, it still hurts me to be rid of JaVale McGee, but we'd have any choice. He's gonna, he's gonna be a star on the Dallas Mavericks. Who he got like three years, twenty million, three years, twenty-five, something like that. But he's gonna be a guaranteed starter. Doesn't need to fight for that. But, but look out for Jordan Carson if you want a shooter. Look out for John Collins if you want to increase the. Probability and possibility of getting more rebounds, become more rebound sound team. Bojan Donovic will also signed to that category. Then again, I have not made any mock trades yet. I have not analyzed this to a T, to the bone, to, yeah, just to the bone. I have not gone for all this stuff yet. I'm calculating this from mine. John Collins, a John Collins trade would make the most sense, but. It has been reported that the Suns reached out to Bojan Donovic. I'm sorry, to the Jazz about Bojan Donovic. Bogdanovic. So, I'm very excited. Yes, this is more realistic than what we were facing with Kevin Durant. I think this would be better than what we were facing with Eric Gordon. Um, I would like to have John Collins over those other two guys, but... Beggars can't be choosers, right? Um, I think that's how the saying goes. But, uh, yeah. I'm excited. But I just wanted to bring that up because the Jazz could be dealing away their veterans. I have brought that up in the past. You can see Mike Conley Jr. going. They could be looking to get rid of that point guard. They have a new point guard, theoretically, in Colin Sexton. They have a guard. So why would you need to keep the older guard? Maybe as a wise counselor? A mentor? Maybe. But you could, but he had that under Ricky Rubio. He had that under different guys, and he was fine. So I don't think you worry about that too much. 
Look, I bring this up because they're just rebuilding. And Utah's rebuild, which means you're going to deal with more guys. That could involve our Phoenix Suns. That could involve the Lion Hawks. That could involve anyone. It truly can. Who wants Jordan Clarkson? Who wants Bojan Dogbanovich? Who wants these guys? Because you know they're on the market. You know they're taking calls. You know they're really going to do that. It gets really, really, really interesting. Yeah, with that being said, that's, that's what I have with the Phoenix Suns. What I have with the Utah Jazz. But it's been very cryptic with Jay Crowder. I think he wants out. I think he wants a larger role. You go back to Miami, who can give him, supply him with that larger role. Who knows he'll have more of a chance than just younger guys coming in and taking over his role or taking more of his shooting abilities, shot abilities, right? Whatever you want to call it. His productivity will continue to go down or stay at that continuous rate. I believe that 100%. I don't want him to go. I like gritty gutty players. But if we do get John Collins, that's pretty good for a win-now team. Who's being built like that? Who's being set up like that? You guys have my knowledge for that. I don't want Cam to be traded. I don't want Mikhail to be traded. I don't want Jay. But if we get John Collins, then Gower wants to be gone. Doesn't look like we want to resign him. I don't know. Do we want to extend him? I'll get to that in a bit, but not today's podcast episode. I'll pick it up on Saturday tomorrow for September 3rd edition, but not right now, guys. Not right now. All I'm saying is that there's a lot to stew on. There's a lot to consider. There's a lot of possibilities going on right now, but the Jazz are not done making trades. The Suns are possibly hungry to make another transaction. Not through signing, but through trading. So the Jazz can be open, they're ready, calls are already being made, the Heat could be open, this could be a possibility of a freeway trade maybe, spitballing here, I have no idea, but we just have to think about this, I just mean that. So with that being said guys, let's move on to the Cavaliers roster, and I'm going to ask that important question that we all been thinking of, that we all been wanting answers to. But I want to talk about the Cavaliers roster real quick because I want to talk about their starting five. I find this so important. I find you want you guys like this is this is gonna be exciting. Like this makes Cleveland fans very excited to actually live for something in the NBA world again. Look, here's the funny part. Um, Cleveland Browns aren't gonna go anywhere. Um. Like, to be honest, the Cleveland Browns have Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. You guys have failed at quarterback. You wanted Deshaun Watson. Wow. You gave that man money. You signed Josh Rosen. Yeah, you see how that turned out. Now you got Jacoby Brissett. It's not a bad backup, but it's like, come on. Not going to be like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, right? So for Cleveland fans right now, this is pretty positive. If something to live forward to, you find out something to live forward to, and you finally don't have to fake excitement every time you hear something sports-related, whether it's good or bad. But yeah, so the Cavs roster, their starting five is Darius Garland at the point guard position, Donovan Mitchell at the shooting guard position, Isaiah Coro 
at his small forward position, Evan Mobley at the point, uh, power forward position, and Jared Allen at the center position. You have a strong, strong backcourt with Gaw Mitchell. We all saw Murray and Trey Young were DeJounte Murray and Trey Young were going to be the elite, most dominant ba uh, backcourt of the NBA. No, I it may be Garland Mitchell. It may be Garland Mitchell. I believe that. There's going to be strong contesting for both of that. Because when you break it down, their sixth man is Kevin Love. Their seventh man is Kevin Vert. And you have deeper on that bench, Ricky Rubio. This is this is very interesting. I really find this all interesting because the Cavaliers' new big free is Don Mitchell, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley. And it expands upon that significantly. It does. There is a difference. There is a difference. When you have a big free, but you have death. I'm excited. Because they're smartly building this out. They're not just doing this at random. They've calculated this. This is smart. And they're doing this for a purpose. And that to me is very exciting. That to me is really exciting. Because Darius Garland has been breaking out. He's just not some washed up guy that could have been good or bad. He's solid. He really is. He's improving each year. And I'm liking what I see. Donovan Mitchell, already spoke for. Saw a guy, saw a player. Uh, Isaiah Coro, I like what he's doing. I like what Isaac's doing. I've been more of a fan of him. He's growing into his role naturally. He's gotten there more comfortable. He's only 21 years old. A former fifth overall pick in the 2020 draft. He's getting up there, right? But I'm excited for him. He's not doing much statistically. But when you see him play, he's making things happen. Just is. Um, Evan Mobley, already spoken for. His brother's there also. I don't I forgot what his name was, but he was recently just drafted. But Evan Mobley, like, come on. It's just exciting. There's a reason why he was in those Rookie of the Year discussions. That's their starting five. This is going to be very spectacular to watch. And you got Jared Allen, who signed the big money, who was a former Brooklyn Net. He's exciting. Like, you got this starting five. This is a core five. I'm not saying this is part of a super team, but this is a team that's been constructed naturally and artificially in the sense that, they, yeah, they have gone guys not from the draft they traded from, but come on. You've drafted Isaiah Coro, Darius Garland, Evan Mobile. They're still here. And you've traded for Don Mitchell and Jared Allen. It just works out. And you go after role models. You go after guys that have been there. They're veterans that can help younger guys. You've always had Kevin Love. He's adapted in the Cleveland culture. You've got Ricky Rubio, who has progressed Darius Garland and improved him significantly. I believe that. I believe that without a shadow of a doubt. Just look at the numbers. Look how much more consistent he's got. You got Karis Avert, who's good for seven. So you have the six. So one for five still. 
Six is set with Kevin Love. Seven is filled with Karis LeVert. And then you keep going down, you see City Osmond, you see Ricky Rubio, you see different guys like that that can make an impact positively. And that's very encouraging if you're a Cleveland Cavalier fan. So this is a very encouraging season. And with that being said, I'm just going to ask the question now. Where will the Cleveland Cavaliers rank in the East next season? Start to wrap this up. Where will they rank? This has been a very popular question since yesterday. Where will they rank? This is obviously a team that is no longer struggling. This is just truly amazing. This is a big five that's going to take over the postseason, but they're not a playing team. They're beyond that. They're simply beyond that. They're a team that is not 8th, not 7th, not 6th, but they're in the top 5. They're simply in the top 5. I just are. You just are. Because they've grown. Because here's the saying. Cleveland... Ended in nine. They're 44 and 38. I bet you anything they're a lot better this season because they're going to have better chemistry. They're going to gel better. They're going to improve better. Don Mitchell's there. There's going to be better things that are going to happen. So, yes, you have to deal with Boston. Yes, you have to deal with Milwaukee. Yes, you got to deal with Philly and Miami and maybe Brooklyn to a certain extent. Uh, the Knicks are on there. You're going to have challenges, but if you're looking at the first five teams that were finalized in the stadiums for last season, you have Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, and Toronto. Easily, Cleveland could come in fourth. Easily, they could be out of Toronto for fifth. Um, Chicago, yeah. Like, here's the thing. They're only separated by nine games. From first to where they're at. They could have made it eighth. That's a game difference. Um, seventh. Right there. Things just happen. Things just happen. Like it's very, very interesting. I, I'm excited for this team. This team's going to be reaching new heights. They just are. They're a very winnable team now. On paper and in real life. In action. Game action. Prime time. Doesn't matter. In the clutch. They're going to be ready. And I'm very excited for all of this. I believe they are prepared. Just. It's just going to be astounding to see. It's going to be incredible to see what happens this upcoming season. But. This was articulated amazing by the Cavaliers front office. This just improves. This takes pressure off the guys. This distributes the workload equally, if you if if you will. But it just helps there's not all one player or two players. But you have a core three. You have a fundamental five. You have a core five. And what's even more amazing is that they didn't give up any of their core players. So that has to make Donovan Mitchell happy that he's just not going to a team 
and traded away everyone just to get the main player, just to get the superstar, like the Knicks did back then for Kamala Anthony. So, that is, that's amazing. And that's just good negotiating by the Cavs GM. And, who's Cavs GM? Okay, yeah, it's Mike James. Yeah, Mike Gonzi. Mike Gonzi? Yeah, Mike. Mike. Good old Mike. But whatever. That's just good negotiating. That's just good posturing. That's just, I don't care what word you want to use. That's just a good trade. That could be easily graded a B. I could easily be graded B plus. If you want to get to an A, I could reevaluate that to an A. Like if I'm a professor, you turn that paper in. I give you a B plus. You can make that an A or an A minus if you make it to the plus and you clear past the first round. You could if you could pass the conference finals into the NBA finals. Okay, that's A plus. You win the NBA finals, that's an A plus plus. It's like 120% or something. I don't know what constitutes a an A plus plus. I don't know, and I don't care. But okay, I have to look this up. What percentage would be Hmm. I just have to know now. Yeah, they're not telling me. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't care. Um But that's pretty much where we're at. Like this is this is very exciting. This is very exciting. This is where teams should be picking up. Because what this means for Cleveland, they're definitely playoff bound, not playing bound, playoff bound. They're going to be a top six seed in the East. They are. They're going to be a top 10 team in the entire NBA. They're going to make teams tremble before them. This is putting them on the map. They're finally noticed. Everyone around the league for the upcoming season beyond will be taking them more seriously and it's going to be phenomenal to witness. I am truly excited. I'm a Cleveland fan. Icon Sexton. But you got Donovan Mitchell. You upgraded. And you're, not, you're no longer hissing at that position. Which is very good. You have more confidence instilled into the offense and into the players. That is perfect. And with that being said, guys. You know where to find us. Remember, you can reach out to us for the uh, Cortez text line at 602-791-2108. We'll be back here Wednesday morning unless something happens. Until then, guys, I'm going to be kicking out of the studio. I'm going to leave in the studio. I'm going to get this thing uploaded, and I'm going to call it for the remainder of the day. With that being said, guys, if you got any input, text me, DM me, whatever. Uh, comment me on any of the social media platforms that we're on. And with all that being said, the Cavaliers have gotten more scarier. I have told you that what Donovan Mitchell did in his bio 
was legit. This was not just for publicity, publicity or anything like that. So that's how I'm signing off. I'll see y'all Saturday. Enjoy the Labor Day festivities, the free day weekend, whatever. Until then, peace out, y'all.